It's crunch time. Get the latest news on the Syracuse Crunch and the next wave of lightning stars. Now, with your host, Lucas Favalli, on Lightning Power Play. Hi again, everybody. Welcome inside the Upstate Medical University Arena in downtown Syracuse as we get set for another edition of Crunch Time. I'm Lucas Favalli, voice of the Syracuse Crunch, and your host here on Crunch Time today. Hope you're having a great day. Happy New Year, everyone. I know it's a little belated. Now, a week into 2020, but how exciting is that? The new year, the calendar has turned, and the team here in Syracuse trying to get hot as the uh, stretch run, quote-unquote, begins Approaching the second half of the season here over the next uh, week or so, the Crunch will hit the halfway mark of their schedule, and they're still kind of hovering right around that 500 mark, trying to find their way as we hit January. But hope everyone is having a great day and a great start to their new year. Crunch have began now their fourth decade of hockey here in Syracuse as the Crunch, and it is very exciting for all of us here. The decade has begun. The Crunch started the decade with a triumphant victory over the Toronto Marlies this past week. Came on Friday in Syracuse. An 8-2 win for the Syracuse Crunch. That snapped a three-game winless streak uh, for the Crunch. They were dominant. Really a great performance. 56 shots on goal. We'll get into that game a little bit here uh, further on on Crunch time. Great way to start the new year and the new decade, though, for the Crunch with an 8-2 victory. The next night, the Crunch, like the week before, had to travel overnight, something they don't do a whole lot of, playing a Friday home game and then going on the road Saturday. It's rather unusual, actually. And the Crunch went last week to Belleville and got thumped, oddly enough, 8-2 against the Belleville Senators. So before we get to this previous Saturday's game, amazing. The Crunch played two 8-2 games in the span of three games. Isn't that amazing? I mean, what are the odds of that? Anyway, 8-2 last time they went on the road following a Friday home game to a Saturday road game overnight. Well, this time around, they went to Laval, a little bit further than Belleville, actually, up towards Montreal, and the Crunch played another very strong game. Excellent performance, really, except for the end result. They lost 3-2. to two. They gave up one goal on one shot in the first period. They had a very strong opening period. The goaltender for the Laval Rocket, Keith Kincaid, was the only reason the Crunch were not on the scoreboard. He made a couple of remarkable saves. And so that kept the game scoreless until Laval scored late in the period on a power play with a very questionable non-offside call. Uh, very hard to see on the replay if the puck was in or out. Uh, and the Crunch thought it was out and an offside. The Rocket were very happy that it was an onside play. It gave the Rocket a 1-0 lead. And they built on that lead in the third period with two more goals on just a couple of shots to make it 3 to nothing. The Crunch attempted a rally, nearly did come all the way back. They got within one again, 3-2. to two. Uh, Second time in uh, recent memory, well, really this past week, the Crunch went down big by three goals in the third period and nearly rallied. Also did it last week on New Year's Eve against the Binghamton Devils, went down 4-1, to one. came back to get within one at 4-3, to three but ended up giving up an empty net goal with a second to go and lost that game 5-3. to three. So the Crunch went 1-2 and two last week since the last time we chatted with all of you. And so Syracuse still in sixth place in the North Division, 17-15-2-1 record. They're tied with the Cleveland Monsters with 37 points. They're now five points behind Val Rocket, who they play this upcoming Friday, which is now a huge game for the Crunch. And they are six points out of the playoff race at the moment behind Belleville and Toronto. Now the good news is the Crunch no longer have played more games in Toronto. The Marlies have eaten up their games in hand. The Crunch still do have two games in hand on the Laval Rockets, so if the Crunch can win on Friday night, and that gets them back in a pretty good position to keep the race tight with them, but they cannot continue to fall further behind Toronto and or Belleville. That's where the race is at the moment. I mean, they're also not too far behind Utica, seven points back of the Comets, and then nine points behind the division-leading Rochester Americans with a matchup against the Amherst looming on Saturday in Syracuse. The Crunch will need to win that game. They haven't defeated Rochester yet this year. A couple of overtime losses and then a regulation loss. That was the last time they played, and that was way back in November. So Crunch have a lot of games left with the Amherst. Like we said, almost half a year to go for Syracuse. 
In the 76-game schedule, 38 games is the halfway mark. The crunch will hit that point actually this week as they play three games in three nights. They're at 35 games at the moment, so they'll be halfway through their schedule at the end of this week. And they will be only playing their fourth game of the year against Rochester, which is one of the best teams in the league. That means they've got eight more games to go out of their final 36 with the Amherst. Also have eight games to go with the Utica Comets, who are second in the division and one of the premier teams in the uh, Eastern Conference as well. So 16 of their final 38 games will be against the top two teams in the North Division, which is good in the fact that the Crunch can gain some ground on those teams if they're successful. The problem is if they're not successful, then that's where uh, the trouble might lie for the crunch but all in all you have to be pleased with the way the crunch played this past week despite the one and two record they really were very strong and you're starting to see maybe indicators of the crunch turning their favor around turning the results in their favor and uh, starting to find their way because uh, again friday and saturday were two of the stronger games you've seen from the crunch all year Friday night, the Crunch peppered 56 shots on goal against the Toronto Marlies. It was 10 shy of a franchise record for the Crunch, and they were dominant from the start. They came out, Jamel Smith, who is one of the hottest players in the entire American Hockey League. We'll get to Jamel Smith in a little while as well here on Crunch Time. He got things started 46 seconds into the game. Scored a goal for the Crunch, and Syracuse never looked back. They were uh, in total control the entire game. They put up 23 shots in the first period and, and really it was a prototypical type game that the crunch want to play now it's not easy to do obviously but every time the marlies touched the puck the cruncher quick on them they surrounded them they hounded the puck away and they were right back in the offensive zone they spent almost the entire game with the possession of the puck they were always moving quickly up the ice very limited time back in their defensive zone and so they ended up with 23 first period shots 22 second period shots and then only 11 in the third period the crunch were 10 shy of their franchise record like we said which was 66 coincidentally enough that outing was against a maple leafs affiliate it came against the saint john's maple leafs way back in the day and the Crunch in that game had a 66 to 22 shots advantage. However, they lost that game, which is remarkable. Uh, tonight, or I should say, a Friday night, the Crunch uh, with a 56 to 22 advantage, and they won the game 8 to 2. They got a couple of goals by Jamel Smith, his 12th and 13th goals of the year. Ben Thomas scored a highlight real goal for the Crunch. Taylor Radish scored. Ross Colton getting on the board for the Crunch. Corey Conacher with his 12th of the year. Alex Barre Bollet, his 13th of the year, and then Otto Sampi scored his fourth of the year. Now, the Crunch had a couple of nice bounces in there as well. We'll go through all the goals in a moment. Uh, the Crunch had some fortunate breaks, which certainly helps. They uh, have had the sense and the feeling recently that the breaks have not been going their way. The problem is maybe they all came their way at once in terms of the eight-goal outburst with a couple of bounces that were perfect for them. And... Uh, disadvantageous for the Marlies and so the Crunch got the 8-2 win the next night against the Rocket maybe the breaks did not go their way and that was part of the reason why they lost 3-2 despite like we were saying another very strong outing and the indicators are positive for the Crunch despite the results on Saturday night they outshot the Laval Rocket 35-15 I mean that's another very large margin the Crunch entering the week not very good in terms of the shot differential and the shots generated this year. They've been down at the bottom of the league most of the year. But how about those two outings back-to-back? -back? 56 shots one night, 35 the next, 91 total shots over the course of two games. Pretty good. They had 29 on Tuesday before that. And so the trend is turning positive. They had only 24 against uh, Belleville in that 8-2 loss. But the game before that, a shootout loss against Binghamton, they had 40. So... I think you're starting to see the signs and the indicators suggesting that the crunch might be on the cusp of turning things around and going on a little bit of a run. Maybe not another, you know, 10-game winning streak like we've seen recently over the last couple of seasons. Ten games, nine games, eight games. It's been a lot of long, extended runs of winning for this team. That might not be in the cards this year, but I think you're going to start to see uh, results in their favor more frequently than not. They're hanging in there right now. They're missing some key guys. Scott Wedgwood remains out. Luke Witkowski remains out. Uh, and the, that's obviously important. Uh, but I think you're going to start to see the results turn around 
sooner rather than later for this team, and maybe it'll start this week. It's going to be a challenging week for the Crunch, a 3-3 three and three weekend. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe that's the start and the sign of positive things coming for the Crunch. This week is a critical week for the Crunch. More North Division games. They continue their extended run against the North. This is the last little stretch of that. They had played 10 straight games with these three included. This is the 8th, 9th, and 10th game of that 10-game stretch against the North. Unfortunately, the Crunch haven't fared all that well within this stretch. Uh, but they get... Laval on Friday at home, Rochester on Saturday at home, and then Sunday on the road to wrap up a 3-3. Three and three. That will be in Binghamton against the Binghamton Devils. Only the second 3-3 three and three weekend of the year for the Crunch. First one was back in the uh, first week of November. First, second, and third. The Crunch won the first two before losing in Hershey against the Hershey Bears. So we'll see how the Crunch can fare this time around. It is an important weekend, though, and a lot going on here for the Crunch. But like we said, the Crunch had that 8-2 win against the Toronto Marlies. Jamel Smith set the tone early. He scored a goal 46 seconds into the game to remain red hot. After getting held off the score sheet on Saturday, he now entering this week has points in nine of his last 11 games. And he has been a dominant performer for the Crunch in that span. He is leading the team in scoring since uh, that rule stretch began with that hat-trick performance in Providence on December 11th. Since December 11th, Smith is tied for third overall in the entire American Hockey League in terms of scoring. He has 15 points at 11 games played. Nine goals is tied for the most in the league in that span as well. Nine goals and six assists. He is tied with Gerald Mayhew of the Iowa Wild, Josh Norris of the Belleville Senators, and Kiefer Bellows of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers with those nine goals in that span since November 11th. A couple of guys have played uh, 11 games, uh, and along with Smith, Gerald Mayhew has his nine goals in just eight games, so it's pretty impressive for the Iowa Wild right wing. But Jamel Smith has been great, and he started the scoring very quickly for the Crunch on Friday night with this strike, 46 seconds in for number 46. Picked up by Corey Conacher, weaves down the right wing. Gains the blue line, goes cross-ice to Smith. Backhander, he scores! Start for the crunch as Jamel Smith roops a backhander. And just 46 seconds in, it's 1-0 crunch. And that was really the start of the whole uh, onslaught of goals for the Crunch and some of their good breaks uh, throughout the course of the night. Uh, Corey Conacher was clearly not looking to give it to Jamel Smith. At least that's what I see when I look at that play. I think he was trying to go cross ice to a, a man streaking down the left wing. Instead, Smith kind of picked off the pass, kicked it to his stink, and he's got some great hands. And he just lifted up that backhand shot and scored past Joseph Wall to give the Crunch a 1-0 lead. And that's, I mean, when you're confident, and Jamel Smith is clearly a confident player right now, things like that are going to work out in your favor. And it was a great start uh, for the Crunch. They would score three goals in the first. They would score three more in the second. And Smith would cap off the second period scoring with the goal at 8.46 of the second period for his second of the night and his 13th goal of the year. In the left corner, Joseph throws it out in front, kick loose, score, Smith! Six-one with 11-14 to go in the second period. So another multi-goal performance for Jamel Smith, his second in recent memory as, uh, well, going back to that hat-trick performance uh, against Providence on the 11th. Like we said, he's been dominant. That was his second in that 10-game span. Now he's got points in nine of his last 11, eight multi-point games on the year. He had a three-point night to start the week in Binghamton against the Devils. So talk about a huge week. Five points over those two games and five points in three games after Saturday night as well. And Smith has been... A boom or bust this year and mainly boom he's got eight multi-point games but he's got one two three three-point games including the hat trick against providence he's also got a two goal one assist game earlier in the season and that one goal two assist game down in binghamton uh, the two goals and one assist came at home against rochester on the 26th a game the crunch ended up losing at overtime seven to six 
but he has been really a, a dominant player throughout stretches of the year. He had a four-game goal-scoring streak uh, following that hat-trick game against Providence that started four games in a row on that road trip that he scored. So Jamel Smith has been a key factor of this team this year, and he's a guy who's trying to get this team going, trying to get them going and trying to drive the offensive success for this team, which has been, I don't want to say inconsistent, but there are nights where they're great, and there are other nights where they just seem non-existent, and that's part of the issue that has plagued the Crunch this year. There's a bunch, and we'll discuss some of that here on Crunch Time as we move along today, uh, but one of their issues has been inconsistency, and been talking with Ben Grew uh, before the game against Laval, it was very odd. Ben is uh, can sometimes be hard to read uh, as a head coach of this team, can be in a great mood sometimes, and uh, there are games where you know he's not going to be in a very good mood, and, and there are games where you think he's going to be in a good mood, and he wasn't. And that was, seemed to be the case on uh, Saturday morning when we were down in Laval against the Rocket, uh, talking with him uh, before the game. He got to the rink, and it, not that he was in a bad mood, but he was a little uh, less open than he might sometimes be. A lot of the times he is uh, can give some elaborate, wonderful answers, a little shorter than usual. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. Uh, maybe it was because one of his defensemen got hurt on Friday night. Nolan Valu got uh, charged pretty violently and pretty blatantly uh, uh, aggressive and over-exuberant by Darren Archibald. No uh, penalty, a penalty was called. No suspension, though, from the league, which I'm a little surprised by based on the severity of the hit, the uh, violence of the collision, and the, uh, the targeting nature of the play by Darren Archibald. But at the end of the night, it ended up being an injury for Nolan Valu. He did not play on Saturday when the crunch were in Laval. Uh, but again, part of the whole thing's plaguing the crunch inconsistency and in talking with Ben before the game against Laval I'd mentioned I'd ask you know how does how do you go about now making sure you don't have this great performance on Friday night eight to two and let it go away and he said it's all part of the team's mindset you've got to be uh, in the right mindset the right frame of mind and just be ready to go and part of Ben's mantra of course is as well besides all of that is keeping things uh, in context a day at a time don't get too high don't get too low and so that's part of the reason why I'm sure he was not you know singing praises about his team from the night before it was a great performance but you got to put that in the past just like they put some of their poorer performances in the past this year and so the crunch after an 8-2 win came up on the short end of the stick on Saturday despite a very strong performance as a team they lost the game 3-2 against the Laval Rockets so that's where we stand as we head into a 3-3 three three weekend for the crunch Jamel Smith though red hot and trying to be the driving offensive factor of this team here as we hit the midway point of the regular season partly because the crunch are missing their offensive driver from a year ago maybe that's part of what has slowed the crunch a little bit this year we'll discuss that dive into some of those numbers and then get you set for more and continue our conversation about what's going on here in syracuse in just a moment that's all coming up as we return in a moment on crunch time welcome back to crunch time with your host lucas favali on lightning power play We are back here inside Upstate Medical University Arena in downtown Syracuse as we continue with another edition of Crunch Time. I hope you're having a great day here today, the first full week of 2020 and the first full week of the decade, too. So I hope everyone is uh, out and about getting ready to go, making those New Year's resolutions. And maybe uh, the folks here in Syracuse, the uh, Crunch, are resolving to start to win some more hockey games this year uh, in 2020. Not that they were anything uh, in a bad position or anything. Uh, they've been playing pretty well. Uh, but now they are going to need to start winning games uh, if they want to continue to stay in this North Division playoff race with one of the most competitive and toughest divisions in the American Hockey League this year we've been talking about this last week for the crunch they went one and two this past week lost in Binghamton to start the week went down four to one in the third period before nearly rallying in that game they got a goal from Jamel Smith we just talked about Jamel Smith he scored a goal in that game as well to get within four two and then Matthew Joseph scored one of the best goals of the year it was a great goal what a way to get the final goal of 2019 for the Crunch. A rebound chance and somehow sprawling to the ice. Matthew Joseph scored this goal for Syracuse. Back to the right blue line, Cal Foot. Zips it left circle. Jamel Smith, center point foot. Look, shoots, save, rebound, score! 
score. Joseph, it's a power play goal, and it's a one-goal game with 8.31 to go in the third period. That was a highlight real goal by Matthew Joseph. It really impressive. There was the shot and the rebound. Crunch did not get a whole lot of rebound opportunities most of the night. Louis Domingue was in net for the Binghamton Devils, and he was really solid for Binghamton. And so the rebounds were few and far between, especially on that power play, which you just heard them score on. It was a double minor for high sticking against the Devil. So the Crunch had a chance down two. If they scored twice, they could have tied the game. And they did score on the first power play of those two. So they remained on the man advantage. Uh, but the initial part of it, they could not get a rebound. I mean, Louis Domingue was either steering them away or not giving them up. And finally, there was a rebound. It was a difficult situation for Matthew Joseph. He was twisted around, falling down onto his back, and he somehow rolled in a backhand uh, shot, rolled along the ice, just got past the stick attempt of Louis Deming, who saw it just a half second too late, very nearly made a remarkable save, but it was slipped past him for a wonderful goal by Matthew Joseph, and that got the crunch right within one, although they couldn't complete the comeback on Tuesday night on New Year's Eve. Joseph has been playing pretty well for the Crunch. Again, trying to find his confidence here, and uh, I think it was good for him uh, to have a full week where he was with this team, not going up and down, not being you know in that kind of limbo. And obviously he wants to get back to Tampa Bay as soon as possible and get back and join that Lightning team, but right now the Lightning are red hot, and so it might be a little longer than he would have hoped here in Syracuse as maybe the Lightning have found uh, some comfort with their uh, lineup at the moment. Uh, but Joseph trying to find his confidence, getting touches on the puck, which is something he talked about when he first came down here as well. Learning, well, not learning, but regaining that ability with a puck because when you don't play a ton, and he hasn't played a ton with the Lightning in terms of minutes, you, you start to lose the feel for it a little bit in game action. And he's been playing a lot with the crunch and uh, trying to continue to uh, get that confidence back and, and make those positive strides. He had an assist on Friday night after scoring the goal on Tuesday night. And then he was uh, also with an assist on uh, Saturday in Laval. And as everyone re might remember, he really found his stride as a rookie two years ago, the first time the crunch ever played in Laval. Matthew Joseph's hometown, essentially, and he scored two goals, his first two career goals in the American Hockey League, and as a pro, also had an assist. He had a three-point night, and then his season really took off from there. Joseph has played now in five games for the Crunch. He has a point in four of them, and he's riding a four-game scoring streak entering the week for Syracuse. So he's finding a way, point in each of those games, no more, no multi-point performances yet for Matthew Joseph, uh, but he has been pretty good for the crunch, and he is, uh, I think, getting more comfortable here, back in this uh, Ben Grew system and, and the way the crunch want him to play, and and uh, he fits in perfectly when he's on his game, and he's getting to that point again. So that's obviously good news for the crunch. But they did lose in Laval, despite his assist that he picked up on uh, Boris Kachuk's goal. The crunch were down 3-0 in the third period, like they were Tuesday, down by three. They scored twice. Now this time, they both came with an empty net for the crunch. Ben Grew yanked Zach Fukali very early, with more than half of the third period to go. Crunch on a power play. They decided to pull the goaltender. They needed a spark, and they got a spark as Alex Barre-Boulet delivered another great shot and another goal for the Crunch's leading producer this year. Looking for a jolt on the Crunch. Left side, Barre-Boulet shoots. He scores! It's a power play goal, and the Crunch do get that jolt as Barre-Boulet finds the back of the net with a hard slapper, and it's 3-1 with 9.44 to go in the third period. The Crunch would get one more goal later in the game by Boris Kachuk, but they would not get any more. They would not complete the comeback. They lost the game 3-2 uh, in front of Zach Fukali, uh, who uh, only faced 15 shots. Really cool, though, of the Crunch of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Zach Fukali was uh, spent most of the year down with the Orlando Solar Bears. He was up uh, earlier this season when... Uh, uh, he had when Scott Wedgwood was over in uh, Sweden for the uh, global series with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Buffalo Sabres. And so he was up as the backup goaltender at that point behind Spencer Martin, but did not play in those couple of games when Wedgwood was not with the team, not with the crunch when he was over in Sweden with the Lightning. Uh, so that was his brief 
couple of uh, days, maybe a week or so with a crunch. Then he was down in Orlando most of the year with the Orlando Solar Bears. Uh, but recently, the last week of December, he was with Team Canada with the Spengler Cup over in Switzerland. And, uh, well, he was just wonderful for Team Canada in terms of claiming the Spengler Cup. He played three games. Won all three of them, had two shutouts, allowed one total goal in 73 shots. And his two shutouts came in the, you know, the elimination round in the semifinals and in the finals. And wow, what a performance from Zach Fukali. And so the Lightning decided, and Ben Grew and, uh, and company, Stacey Roos, coming up with the idea that, well, you know what, maybe, uh, maybe we should give Zach Fukali an opportunity to get a start for the crunch. It was a difficult day of travel for Syracuse. They were in Syracuse on Friday night, like we said, traveling overnight. You're going to be a little uh, sluggish, you'd think. So Zach Fukali actually arrived in Laval the night before to get a little more rest, be ready to go for Saturday, give him an opportunity against his old organization. He spent a year with the Laval Rocket two years ago in Laval's first year in the league. He was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens, so really neat opportunity. Well done by the Lightning and by the Crunch to give him that chance. Unfortunately, the game didn't go his way, but it was a really tough game from his perspective to have to play, only facing 15 shots. The first one was a questionable offside, then it was a point shot through traffic, which got through. There was a breakaway goal on him, and uh, it's just one of those games, really, where it's uh, not an easy one as a goaltender to play, and uh, he you know, he did his best, obviously, but ended up losing the game 3-2 to two, uh, for the crunch. And so with that talked about some of the issues plaguing the crunch and you know you hate to mention it but the crunch have had some difficulties in net this year not just on Zach Fucali it's on their whole unit they've had five goaltenders now it appear in a game this year for the crunch and uh, their numbers as a unit are not very good as a team their team save percentage at 888 which is way, way down from where it was last year. Way, way down, and it's towards the bottom of the entire American Hockey League this year. Last year, we know the Crunch goaltending was one of their strong suits. I mean, they were strong across the board in almost every facet of uh, the game. Uh, but the goaltending was a rock for them. Eddie Pasquale was uh, their go-to guy all year long. He played 45 games. He had a 9-16 save percentage. Marty Ouellette, who only played in six games, but when he was healthy, he was very good. Obviously, he broke his leg when the cruncher down in Charlotte towards the end of the year. He had a 9-39 save percentage in his limited action, but in six games, pretty good numbers uh, for Marty Ouellette. Connor Ingram was here for 22 games. He's now, of course, with the Milwaukee. Milwaukee Admirals and the National Predators organization. He had a 9.22 save percentage. Ate Tolvanen also played in six games. At the end of the year, he was uh, their backup goaltender over the last couple of weeks of the year and into the playoffs. And his uh, save percentage was 9.28 over those six games. So the crunch goaltending was really, really strong as a team. 9.20 save percentage. A 2.28 goals against average among those goaltenders. Eddie Pasquale, like we said, the workhorse, 45 games. Crunch thought they were getting their workhorse in Scott Wedgwood when they signed him the first day of free agency. But the problem is Wedgwood has been hurt for about a month now. He got hurt just about a month ago uh, this week when the Crunch... We're playing the Laval Rocket, and uh, the Crunch ended up winning that game, uh, but he left in the opening moments of the third period and has not played since. He is starting to hit the ice finally, uh, but has not really uh, donned the goaltending equipment and started to get down and make saves yet. And so that is the, uh, the latest update, but uh, in terms of the team as a whole, their save percentage at 888 is, I mean, that's that's... 30 percentage points down from 920 to 888. That's a significant drop. That's uh, oh, 3% in terms of, uh, if you're looking at a percentage, about 89% in terms of a same percentage versus a 92% in terms of uh, the percent of shots saved. So if there was 100 shots, Crunch should have saved about 92 of them last year. This year, they're saving about 89 of them. That's three goals uh, over 100 shots, which is a lot. And it is not, you know, with a team that is not as dominant as it was a year ago. I mean, last year, the Crunch were playing with such large leads a lot of the time that maybe it was easier to play as a goalie. Maybe it was more difficult. I don't know. But uh, the goaltending certainly was uh, 
crisper last year than, as opposed to where it is at the moment this year. You look at some of the teams within the division and, and as a whole, I mean, the 888 save percentage, while not the worst in the league, is below average, well below average in the entire American Hockey League. A lot of the teams are at least at nine uh, 900 save percentage or above. Uh, there are teams at 915. Uh, you know, it, it's the crunch need to hit that, that at least get to that average point. They need to make another save or two per game, and I think that would go a long way. The way they're playing right now over the last couple of weeks, mix in an extra save or two by their goaltenders, and you're going to see this team start to string together a couple wins. Like I said earlier, might not be a nine-game winning streak, a ten-game winning streak, but they might be able to win four or five in a row. And with how tight this race is, that will get you right back in the thick of things uh, towards that playoff line where the crunch entering the week are only six points behind that playoff line. But you don't want to fall too much uh, further behind in that department as uh, you hit the second half of the year. And so if they can start to make those saves, the extra save or two, I think this team will be in pretty good shape moving forward. Now, no word exactly of when Scott Wedgwood will return. Uh, you look at the individuals on this team in terms of the numbers, and again, it's not one goaltender at all who's you know slacking behind the rest. They're all pretty consistently uh, around the same mark. So they need someone to really grab a hold of things and, and take off. Spencer Martin has been the regular in net most of the time for the crunch. He's at 6-8-1 on the year. He's got a 2.95 goals against average, which is pretty good. Same percentage at 896. Those are all the best numbers on the team. Uh, with his numbers in terms of uh, the save percentage and the goals against. He's been very good. He's, you know hasn't got some help a lot of the times uh, with maybe uh, some uh, run support, as they like to say. Uh, but still, at 896 save percentage, a bit below where maybe uh, the crunch and where he would like it to be. Scott Wedgett in 14 games, 7-4-1, 3.00 goals against average, and an 891 save percentage. He's had a couple of slumping games, though, which has dropped his numbers down. But for the most part, he's been pretty solid when he's been in there for the crunch. Zach Fucali in his one game, only 15 shots faced, 12 saves out of those 15 in a 3-2 loss on Saturday against Laval. Louis DeMay, who is no longer in the organization, as we know, only played four games for the crunch this year. He was 2-1-1 with a 3.81 goals against and an 8.63 save percentage. His numbers have dramatically improved with the Binghamton Devils, including his outing against the Crunch on Tuesday on New Year's Eve. And so that's where Louie was. I mean, he only had four games played, so not a whole lot of uh, reps as uh, with the Crunch. Still kind of, I think, getting over the shock of being uh, in Syracuse and was not great early in the year. And then Mike Condon in three games played, 2-1 and one record of 4.23 goals against. He was uh, shellacked against uh, Belleville a week ago from this past Saturday. 4.23 goals against 8.82 save percentage. I mean, the Crunch have the names who can be very good. Martin, Wedgwood, Condon, all can be very good goaltenders. They've all been NHL goaltenders at one point in their career. And so now the key is to just get into that rhythm, find their way, and uh, make it more consistent. I think, I know we mentioned consistency earlier here on Crunch Time. And uh, I think part of uh, the consistency not only is the effort we're seeing up front, but also in net. You've got to see more consistency from the goaltenders. I think one night they're great. The next night it's, you know, they've gone back and forth a bit. So I, I think, it, and I know I've said it a couple of times now, when we see that number, that same percentage number, move up, tick up just a bit, and I know it will. I mean, it, it has to. I'm sure it will. Uh, as soon as that moves up a little bit and they get more consistency, maybe an extra save or two per game, uh, I think everything will start to fall into place for this crunch team. Whether it's enough, I don't know. But right now, that's where we stand as we hit the second half of the year this week with three games and three nights coming up for the Crunch. And we'll see uh, who gets the starts and who uh, how the goaltending maneuvers over the course of these three games. But three critical North Division matchups with Laval, Rochester, and the Binghamton Devils, who are no pushover anymore. They have been a very good team. They've won four straight games. They're one of the hottest teams in the uh, North Division at the moment. Well, that's what's upcoming for the crunch we'll get into that we'll also talk about what else we think the crunch 
are partially missing and what they can improve on as we uh, hit the second half of the year. Plus, we'll discuss their new defenseman, Patrick Seeloff, who made his crunch debut this past week and I think made a pretty favorable impression in week number one for him. We'll discuss that and wrap things up with our final segment of the program coming up in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Crunch Time. Welcome back to Crunch Time with your host, Lucas Favalli on Lightning Power Play. We are back in Syracuse for our final segment of Crunch Time here today. I'm Lucas Favalli. So glad you're with us as we get set for the first three and three of the new year for the Crunch. Three games in three nights. Starting with a Friday and Saturday back-to-back home game scenario for Syracuse. One against Laval and one against Rochester before heading down to Binghamton on Sunday. It's in terms of a three and three, that's not terrible. It's, you know, two home games and then one an hour away. So that's pretty good in terms of the travel, in terms of the uh, rapidity of the uh, the games. But still, three and threes are never easy. And the Crunch, who have not been able to string together back-to-back wins since December 11th, approaching a full month now, well over three weeks, they are going to need to do that this weekend with a 3-3. Three and three. You've got to win at least two of a 3-3, three and three. and if they had to pick the two, it would be the first two, Laval and Rochester. First of all, home ice. Second of all, teams ahead of them in the standings. Got to win those games if the Crunch want to stay in the race and get back within the uh, playoff boundary where they are six points out at the moment. Well, part of what they've done here recently has been an attempt to maybe shank up the team a little bit, and uh, this past week there was a trade. Uh, by the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They send veteran forward Chris Mueller, who was having a productive offensive season for the Crunch. But you look at some of his numbers, and they were a little less than uh, stellar in terms of his plus-minus, things of that nature. And they brought in defenseman Patrick Seelaw from the Ducks organization. He was with the San Diego Goals. We had seen him over the last couple of years with Belleville, and then prior to that, he was with the Binghamton Senators as well. Went from the Binghamton Senators up to the Belleville Senators, and uh, also uh, years before that had been with the Adirondack Flames. So he has been around. He's played in the New York area before, and he's now with the Syracuse Crunch. He made his debut on Friday night, and we had a chance to catch up with Patrick Seeloff ahead of his debut for the Crunch against the Toronto Marlies. Joined now by new Crunch defenseman Patrick Seeloff. Patrick, welcome to Syracuse. I'm sure it's been a wild couple of days for you. What's uh, the last couple of days been like for you? Um, a lot of uh, big surprises and, you know, kind of your world gets flipped upside down. Um, but I'm really excited to be here and I'm pretty familiar with this division and I look forward to getting back here and, you know, helping them get on a run. Yeah, you mentioned you've been in this division before. We'll get to that in a moment. But, I mean, crazy travel happened on New Year's Eve. So uh, I'm sure that's not exactly what you were expecting spending New Year's Eve and then pretty much ringing in the new year as you're landing here in Syracuse what was the day like I was I mean it was long but I mean I wanted to get here as quick as possible and um, I was in Arizona when it happened and I uh, got on a connecting flight packed up my stuff uh, got in San Diego got on a flight um, and connected to Atlanta and ended up in Syracuse late at night but I got in and had a day to settle in and practiced yesterday and it went well and I look forward to getting out there. It's not the first time you've been traded midseason. Last year you went from Belleville to San Diego. It's a similar situation now. What's, I mean, having gone through that, I'm, I'm sure it helps this transition a little bit for you. Yeah, for sure. It's always an adjustment. Um, uh, just kind of getting familiar with the guys, the system, you know, living um, outside of the rink. And, you know, I, I think over time it'll come. Last year it took me a little bit of time to adjust, but hopefully I can just jump in here. And, you know, like I said, I'm familiar with this division and players that play in this on the other teams. Um, so I think that'll help. Is there anyone who you've played with on this particular crunch team or is everyone pretty much new for you here? Mostly new. I uh, skated with Wedwidge a lot in the summertime. I knew Mueller um, and he went the other way. So, uh, uh, but other than that, I've played against a bunch of these guys and uh, a lot of new faces. As you join this organization, it's a team that has lost a couple games in a row, but like you said, trying to get back on track and you're trying to make it a, an impact here. What what are you trying to bring to this uh, this team and this organization? Yeah, every time I've played this team in the past, it's always been about speed and physicality, and it's always been a team that you've not really wanted to play against just because you know, you know they're always bringing pace. And uh, for that, I think that I can bring a physicality, um, hard play, against and just keeping it simple and 
keeping pucks going forward and I think it's kind of where I you know I'm successful and hopefully it'll uh, pan out there. We always hear from a visiting perspective coming into this building is never easy. Yeah. You have done it before now you're on the other side I'm sure you're a little more excited to now be in this building as the home team. Yeah absolutely like I said I um it's it's not an easy rink to play in. Uh, the fans are good, and you know they play a hard game, and they're always in your face. So it'll be good to be on this side. Well, Sealoff was very good in his debut for the Crunch, and really in the two games he played this weekend for Syracuse. Uh, I think uh, he is going to be a very helpful part for this team moving forward. And you you look at the Crunch blue line when you add in a Patrick Sealoff, who is a veteran of the American Hockey League. He's been around approaching 300 AHL games now. I think that is one of the pieces the Crunch really desperately needed. Last year, the Crunch had a handful of veteran defensemen all playing very well. Cameron Gons and Hubert Labrie were the two cornerstones of the Crunch blue line last year. And then surrounding them were Dominic Machine, Ben Thomas, Cal Foote, and Nolan Valou. I mean, a lot of those guys are back. Really, the only change is no Hubert Labrie. And the Crunch were relying on, uh, you know, their guys to take another step in the right direction. And Nolan Valu is back for a full season now with the Crunch. And as we said, Nolan got hurt on Friday night against the Toronto Marlies. So uh, that kind of throws things back into, back into flux. Uh, but that was where they were initially. Then Luke Witkowski came down in November. And uh, I think that really solidified the blue line. Everyone really started to play exactly the way they were expected to be playing. Everyone was raising their game a bit. And, uh, well, then Luke Witkowski got hurt again. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say again. He got hurt. And uh, he got hurt down in Charlotte for the Crunch against the Charlotte Checkers and has now missed the last nine games for the Crunch. You can really include that game against the Checkers, too, if you wanted to. That first one, he got hurt in the opening minute of the game against Charlotte. So it has been an extended run now for the Crunch without Luke Witkowski, who was just named captain uh, the week prior to that. So uh, really astounding the uh, bad stroke of luck for the Crunch. And Syracuse, over those 10 games in which Luke Witkowski has not played, only has three wins. They are 3-6-0-1. So I think you can see part of the area where the Crunch need to improve the most is defensively. And I think Patrick Sealoff is going to do a, a big... Uh, be a big part of that for the crunch here this year there's no doubt in my mind that he was uh, uh, it was a good trade for the crunch and he was a player the crunch sorely needed and when you picture the blue line when luke wikowski does return and you've got wikowski you've got gaunts thomas and machine who are both playing very well this year cal foot and patrick seeloff all of a sudden you've got a pretty good top six on the blue line uh, and that is me assuming that Nolan Valu would be the on-man out in that situation, but he's a pretty good seventh defenseman. Devontae Stevens has been okay for the Crunch when he's been in there. He's not been uh, tremendous, but he's been pretty solid for the Crunch and has been a reliable player when he's been in there for Syracuse. Uh, no word yet. It's very early this week on the uh, status of Nolan Valu moving forward. But again, a very high dangerous hit by Darren Archibald of the Toronto Marlies. Uh, knocked him out of the game on uh, Friday night at home for the Crunch. So that was Seeloff's debut. This is what Ben Gruse said prior to his debut about what he hoped to see from his new defenseman, Patrick Seeloff, uh, against the Marlies and then moving forward for the Crunch. Well, you know what? I don't know him much, even though he was uh, uh, an opponent for us, but uh, we know he's a uh, steady defenseman, uh, a defense uh, that stay at home and play solid uh, defense, physical. I think that uh, physicality is much needed uh, on our team, I think he's a he's a leader, and he can bring that uh, that swag, that that uh, that edge that we we need. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. But overall, we're we're pleased with what we saw yesterday. So a positive addition for the Crunch and Patrick Seeloff, and as he gets more and more comfortable here in this organization in this system. I think you'll continue to see his solid defensive work uh, be a very successful thing for the Crunch. I mean, he was I mean, he was flying up and down the ice, to be honest, uh, over the course of the couple games, generating some chances. He had a few close calls at a goal as well, especially Friday, although who didn't have a great chance on Friday night? The Crunch were all over the Toronto Marlies, 56 shots on goal for the Crunch in that game on Friday night. They had one of the highlight real goals of the year in Ben Thomas. It was a spectacular move as he uh, deked out a guy at the right circle, cut towards the slot, backhanded from the left circle into the net for a 2-0 crunch lead. Well, one of the guys who had eight shots out of those 56 of the crunch, crunch had two players at eight shots, 
One was Corey Conacher. The other was earlier in the uh, in the day named an AHL All Star. That was Crunch forward Alex Barre Boulay. I know we mentioned his goal on Saturday night for the Crunch in Laval, but he also scored on Friday night against the Toronto Marlies. So two goals over the course of the weekend for Alex Barre Boulay, who has uh, been very steady for the Crunch. He was sick on Tuesday, so missed the game against the Binghamton Devils uh, for Syracuse. So uh, he ended up with four points in the two games he played last week for the Crunch, and he has been a very consistent producer as well for Syracuse this year. You look at what he has done this season for the Crunch, and he still leads the team with 31 points in 33 games as a second-year pro, averaging nearly a point per game. He's been very solid, and he's been one of the driving factors offensively for the Crunch. We mentioned Jamel Smith. Those two, along with Corey Conacher, have really been the big three in terms of the offensive production for the Crunch this year. And Alex Barre-Belay gets rewarded with an all-star nod as a second-year pro. It's the first time he's been named an AHL All-Star. He'll be heading to Ontario, California, where the AHL All-Star Classic will take place at the end of January. So no vacation for Alex Barre-Belay. He's the only Crunch player headed to Ontario this year. Last year, the Crunch had two All-Stars. It was Corey Conacher, and it was Connor Ingram, goaltender who's now with the Predators organization, like we mentioned. Uh, and they also had the head coach, Ben Grew. Ben will not be going to Ontario either this year. So a little lighter in terms of the All-Star coverage and the All-Star um, representation by the Syracuse Crunch this year. But that's okay, as uh, the means the rest of the team and quite frankly, us here in the front office will get a chance to catch a breather as we gear up for the unofficial second half of the year. But congrats to Alex Boulay being named AHL All-Star. He's done some great stuff. And here was Ben Grew's reaction to the news about Alex Boulay being named an AHL All-Star in his second year as a pro. Well, you know what? It shows what kind of season he's having right now. And last year, he ended up rookie in the year, not going to the All-Star game. Uh, there was many guys on our team, obviously, last year who uh, were candidate to uh, that, that award, and uh, I think it's well deserved. He's doing a lot of good things, and uh, it shows that he's still uh, uh, progressing and he's not taking things for granted. So credit to him. Yeah, it's funny. Last year, the Crunch had the leading goal scorer, leading point scorer, and the rookie of the year, and those two players were not yeah. all stars a year ago. But you mentioned being able to progress and, and taking that step and continue to work. How important is that for for guys to continue to develop every uh, each and every day? Well, it's important. It's also important to recognize the work of your teammates. I think uh, uh, Im, uh, Marty, and uh, Stevie were one of the top line for our team uh, early on, and now uh, with Smitty and Josie, uh, we'll see how it plays out tonight. But he's—I uh, think he's—he's he's had the chance to. Uh, play with good hockey players play on the on the power play regularly and he made the best out of it so credit to him oh you heard there also i mean last year like ben had mentioned alex barry boulet was rookie of the year he had 68 points 34 goals and 34 assists was not an all-star and the other guy who we kind of referenced in there was the leading point scorer in the entire american hockey league also had 34 goals he had 82 points his name was Carter Verhage, and he also <laughs> was not an AHL All-Star. Amazing. Uh, this year, they pick Alex Barry-Boulay. Uh, speaking of Verhage, though, that was someone I wanted to mention here today. Uh, you can tell he's getting more confident. What a pass he made the other night for Mitchell Stevens' goal uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, but Verhage's a guy the Crunch, I think, out of all of this, and all we talked about, the Crunch needing to do better and and finding their way consistency-wise and, and being engaged in things of that nature. I think Carter Verhage, I mean, obviously they miss him. He was a very high candidate, you'd imagine, for league MVP. He led the league in scoring with those 82 points. But he was a guy last year who kind of drove the bus for the Crunch a lot of the time. Crunch... Last year, once they got going, they were hard to stop. And Carter Verhage, a lot of the nights, got his team going. Whether it was the first goal of the game, whether it was the Crunch's first goal, uh, it was a pretty consistent effort from Carter Verhage every night, which is what made him so successful, which made the Crunch so successful. And, and I think that's one thing they're lacking this year, is the guy to really drive the bus, get the offense going, get that momentum going in their favor. They've not been good at managing at times momentum in games, 
Carter Verhage was a part of the reason why they were so good at managing momentum last year. A year ago, he scored the game's first goal six times. He also scored five other occasions, the first crunch goal of the game when they were down one nothing or more, and that's 11 games. Six of them when they crunch and score the first goal, which meant he scored the game's first goal. Five in which the crunch were trailing when he scored that first goal for the crunch. And get this, in those 11 games, five of which include when the crunch were trailing when he scored that first goal for the crunch, Syracuse went 9-1-1-0 and in those games. That's amazing to me. Now, six, again, six of the games they scored just the first goal in general. The Crunch were a dominant team when they scored the game's first goal. They still won nine games in total, though, in the 11 that Carter Verhage scored the first goal for the Crunch, period. Whether it was the game's first goal or just the Crunch's first goal. And he was really the, the momentum driver for the Crunch a year ago. And he would get the momentum going and he would keep it going the rest of the night. And uh, that's why the Crunch, part of the reason why they were such a dominant team for most of the year last year. His six first goals in terms of the entire game were the second most on the Crunch. Andy Andrioff, who was another player the Crunch definitely do miss as a big-time center iceman for the Crunch. Uh, he uh, had seven first goals last year to Carter Verhage's six, but Carter also had uh, those five first Crunch goals, maybe not necessarily in the game, but the first Crunch goals of the night. And so he had 11 games in which he scored the first Crunch goal, whether it was the first in the entire game or just for the team. Uh, the Crunch won nine of those 11 games. That is a pretty significant number uh, for the Crunch, and it's obviously a big miss for Syracuse this year, and that's that's what we're here to do, though, is send guys up to the National Hockey League, and we've been very happy to see the success that Carter Verhage has brought to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, the Crunch will try to find their success and continue what has been a pretty strong play recently, just trying to find the results now here this week, and they've got a 3-3 three and three to do it. They've got the Laval Rocket again. Final time that Laval comes to Syracuse this year, and they play back-to-back games, essentially. Saturday in Laval, neither team plays a midweek game this week, so the next time they both will play is Friday here in Syracuse. It's a big, big game for the Crunch, who are five points behind the Rocket for a couple games at hand. But if you lose again, you're all of a sudden seven points behind the Rocket. And that is why this two-game series was so crucial. And the Crunch now desperate for a win on Friday night. They played three really good games against the Rocket, oddly enough. And they've lost two of them. Uh, both times they lost, they significantly outshot Laval, but the Rocket have been the opportunistic team so far this year. Then it's the Rochester Americans who lead the North Division. They come to town on Saturday. They have three wins and three tries against the Crunch this year. Two of those games have gone to overtime. All three games have been decided by one goal. And the Crunch will look for their first win of the year against the Amherst. It was around this time of the year last year where the Crunch turned around their season series against the Amherst. They'll try to do that again. And like we mentioned earlier, they've got a lot of games to go against Rochester. Nine, including Saturday night. After Saturday night and after this weekend, eight to go in the second half of the year. That's a lot of games against one of the best teams in the league. And then on Sunday, the Cruncher in Binghamton against the Binghamton Devils. They continue to play a lot recently, and they'll play a handful of times more over the next uh, few weeks. So uh, the Binghamton Devils, who are no pushover, they have never really been a pushover, although it seems like they have against the Crunch because Syracuse had been so dominant. Now with two straight wins against the Crunch, four consecutive wins overall. So the Crunch had their uh, work cut out for them again this week as they try to get back in the win column and maybe string together wins for the first time in nearly a month. That's all coming your way this week for the Crunch. Three more North Division games here in Syracuse. Okay, that does it for us here today. Hope you enjoyed the program here today in the first week of 2020. Continues to be a positive one for you. Thanks to Ben Grew and Patrick Sealoff for joining us on the program today. For all of us in the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favani saying so long from Syracuse. We'll chat again next week with another edition of Crunch Time.